All right, good morning. Good to see everyone this morning. Can you hear me okay in the back? Everything good? All right. That's good. Well, we're going to um, continue in John chapter 18. So uh, this morning we're going to cover verses 28 through 38. So John 18, verses 28 through 38. I'll read these verses for us. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, And am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to him, said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time this morning. Father, we pray that you again you'll be our teacher this morning. Father, we pray that uh, we will learn from your word. Father, we pray that uh, you will just bless our time together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we, um, every Sunday we say the Apostles' Creed, don't we? In our church, we confess our faith. The preacher asks us, uh, what Christians, what is it that you believe? And we confess our faith every uh, Sunday morning. And in there, in the, in the Apostles' Creed, you are very familiar with this phrase. It says, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. I was crucified, dead, and buried. Uh, Dr. Sproul spends some time uh, uh, introducing these sections, and he makes the point that over the years, uh, many uh, theologians, many people have asked uh, of, uh, of, of all the people who surrounded Jesus' life, of all the people that he came in contact with, okay, why is Pontius Pilate mentioned in the Apostles' Creed? Why is he, we hear his name every Lord's Day that we gather when we confess the Apostles' Creed? Why not, why not Caiaphas? Okay, he's a player here in this, this narrative, right? Why not Annas? Why not, why not someone else, right? Well, the answer is that in uh, the drama of, Christians, uh, the, of Christ's death, as the story unfolds, okay, as the events happened, uh, Pilate served as the key public authority. Okay, he was 
the man in the position representing the public uh, authority. So he was he was in the position of judgment at this time. Okay, so he's a he's a key person here in the, in the overall um, the overall uh, drama here as it unfolds. And, and of course, as we just read, after he interrogates Jesus, he responds. How does he respond to the people? I, I find no fault in this man. He didn't do anything wrong. So. The question, it begs the question, right? I know we've studied this many times, but it begs the question, why did he hand them over to him to be killed? Why did he hand them over to the mob uh, and sentence him to death? Right? It's a good question. The, um, the Gospels tell us very little, bit, uh, very little about Pilate uh, other than his role here in Jesus' death. We learn a little bit about him over in Luke 13.1. I'll, I'll read those verses for you. He's mentioned just kind of as an aside. Uh, Luke 13, 1 says, There were present at, this, at that season some who told him, they were talking about Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He says, talking about Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Apparently, um, there were some worshipers from, this verse is referring to some worshipers who were from Galilee, and they were condemned by Rome. They were sentenced to death, perhaps because they were they were presumed to be zealots, religious zealots, and they were going to possibly over seek to, to to create an uprising to overthrow the Romans, and so they were sought out. These Galileans were sought out, and they were killed in the temple by Roman authorities while they were in the process of offering a sacrifice. Okay, so. Um, Significant event, right? Such, such a killing would have been just a, a blasphemy to the Jews. They killed these Galileans while offering, in the process of offering sacrifice. <clears throat> so incidents like this, again, we don't know a whole lot from the Bible. We don't get a lot of information about Pilate from the Bible, but incidents like this just inflamed the Jews, just enraged the Jews. Okay, They, they hated Rome. Um, of course, we know how the story ends. That it finally did lead to a rebellion, right? 70 A.D., we, we know what happened. Uh, Rome destroyed uh, Jerusalem then. So, so when it comes to the Scriptures, we don't know a lot about him. We do know, uh, we learned some more things from uh, several of the extra-biblical historians, uh, such as Josephus and others. Um, we know some things about Pilate. Okay? He, was, he was appointed governor of Judea in A.D. 26 by the emperor Tiberius. And he served until A.D. 37. During the time uh, this, of his, his, his post here, uh, the, this region, Judea, where Jerusalem is, uh, it was considered one of the least desirable posts for any Roman authority. Okay, so his, his, it, it, and it, was, it was the least desirable because the Jews were known for their resistance to the Roman occupation. So he, um, he made his distaste for this position uh, he, and he made his hostility known uh, to the Jewish people very early on in his rule. He, what he did is he brought in, and this is again according to the, the historians, uh, Josephus, he, he brought in Roman standards, okay, which had images on them of the emperor. And he put them into the city into the holy city. So he's got these, these images, right? These Roman standards that have images of the emperor on it. He brings them into the city, and of course that enraged the Jews. Okay, just how can you do that? How can you bring 
these, what they would call idols, right, into the holy city. So they were completely enraged about that. To to see uh, the image of a Roman emperor in the holy city was outrageous to the Jews. Uh, And Josephus also tells us that they responded to this thing by coming into the city and staging a literal sit-down strike. Okay, they came into the city, they surrounded the house of Pilate, uh, they sat down in the street and they refused to move for five days. Finally, uh, Pilate called in his troops, he warned the Jews, if you don't leave, my soldiers are going to cut off your heads. The Jews then laid back down, stretched out their necks and said, go ahead. So Pilate finally backs down. He removes the standards from the cities, uh, from the city, and they left. They they their their sit down strike. They they it got what they wanted, right? It it achieved what they wanted. Later, Pilate tried again. He brought in what he's called these votive shields. They're like a smaller now. Roman shields pretty large, right? But he brought in some some smaller shields of the emperor that had the emperor's image on it into the holy place, which was another sacrilege, right, in the eyes of the Jews. And so the Jews again gathered in protest. The, the, the four sons of Herod sent a protest all the way to the emperor. And so the emperor commanded Pilate to respect the Jews' religious freedom and to remove the shields from the holy place. So this, these two events we know about, okay, uh, Pilate was extremely frustrated with these people, okay, extremely frustrated with him. He, he Pilate stirred the pot again when he took a, a, the sacred treasure from the Jewish temple and he used it to build an aqueduct within the province. It, it sparked another protest from the Jews. This time, Pilate sent his soldiers into the crowd and they clubbed people to death. Okay, he actually did. He actually clubbed people to death. And it created even more trouble for Pilate. Okay, it's created even more trouble. One other thing we'll mention, one other incident to mention is that Pilate had, um, the Roman governors had the authority to create coins, okay, in their, in their province. And he created a copper coin that had the image of a pagan religion on them. And he used them in, uh, in Judea. So it was a huge outrage, right, for the Jews to have this in their, their area, in their town, their city. Now, why do we offer the background? Why do we talk about these things? Well, the background helps explain the situation. That we, it helps answer the question that I asked at the beginning. Why, given all that, he finds no fault. Why did he do these things? Well, it helps explain why he, he was politically weak. Okay, at this point, with in terms of the Jews, and so it was, it it was very easy for him just to 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 give the Jews what they wanted. He didn't he wanted he didn't want any more trouble out of these people. Okay, um, so so he so he's weak. He in his own weakness, in his political weakness, he allowed an innocent man to be killed. So as as far as he saw it, if if the Jews were crying for Jesus to be killed. And uh, he thinks, well, if I don't want this to, this to happen and this word to get back to Rome, I, I, I might lose my job if this happens, right? If we have another incident here with the Jews. And so that's, that just helps explain kind of where, what, what's going on in Pilate's head. Why, why, do, why does he do this? Well, I think this helps 
explain it. So we can we keep all this in mind, okay, as we look at these verses uh, today. Verse, verse 28, it says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So the praetorium, right? It's the headquarters of the Roman governor while he was in Jerusalem. Normally, um, the, the pilot would stay in Caesarea. That's where he would be. That's where he was headquartered, right? But he did come into Jerusalem during the Passover meals, the annual feasts, because of the loud, I think we mentioned this last week, because of the loud gatherings, right? But any potential riot or uprising, he wanted to be in town so he could quell it. So that's why he's in Jerusalem. Normally he's not there, but he's in Jerusalem now. John tells us that it was early morning, most likely probably around 6 a.m. in the morning is what time that they're headed to see uh, to St. Pilate's day um, as his official role as the governor of this area started about six in the morning and it would go from go to about 10 or 11 a.m. and then he would be done with his official duties for the day. So that was not uncommon for him to be up and doing stuff that early in the morning. So they bring uh, a Jesus there and John, notice John does not record what happened before Caiaphas. John does not record that for us, okay? Um, the other gospel writers record that, but John does not. Now notice that, that, uh, that the Jews brought Jesus there, but they did not go into the praetorium. Why? And John explains it, right? So they wouldn't be defiled. Right? This is Passover. And if they um, were to, to go into there, they would be ceremonially unclean. Therefore, unable to eat the Passover. So they didn't. They brought him there. They didn't go in. They stayed outside of the building. And it's it's uh, one note too that Doctor Sproul made is because of we know that Jesus fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law. It's it's very possible that Jesus had eaten Passover the Passover meal the night before. Okay, we don't have that recorded for us, but it's very possible that that's what would have happened. Now, what, of course, what we know about the Passover, right? It lasted seven days. But in order to participate in the entire meal, the priests, the officials, they all had to maintain complete cleanliness from all sorts of defilement. They couldn't do anything that would make them ceremonial unclean. And again, to go into the praetorium, it would have made them unclean. So they turned Jesus over to the guards and they remained outside. Now it's just, think about that for a minute. Okay, think about what they are doing. Think about all the precautions they're making to remain clean. They took, they took all the precautions to remain ceremonially clean. While at the same time, they were carrying out the most evil act of all human history. Just, just let that sink in for a minute. They were delivering the Lamb of God to be slaughtered but they made sure their hands were clean. Hmm. What, what, and, and Dr. Sproul spends a little time here. He says, well, what does that tell us today? What, can, what, what does that tell us? He says, here we have people who are strict followers of religion, aren't they? Extremely religious people. And yet their hearts are very, very far from God. As, as we read uh, the Old Testament prophets were told over and over that God sometimes hates religion. 
Why then does he hate it? Or when does he hate religion? He hates it when it is offered from hearts that are faithless. It's an empty exercise of external actions, right? There is no faith at the heart of empty religion. And the Bible tells us God hates that. The Jews went through all the motions, right? They maintained all the rituals. They kept themselves totally clean while at the same time they crucified the Son of God. Hmm. It's, it's very easy, right, for us today to sit back and look at these people and say, man, what hypocrites these people are. How in the world could they do that? But before we get too carried away, each of us, right, each of us needs to look in the mirror, don't we? We need to look in the mirror because as R.C. says it, it says because we, today, you and I, we crucify the Son of God afresh every time we honor Him with our lips while our hearts are far from Him. We're guilty of the same behavior today. We need to, instead of looking on these people as hypocrites, we need to see ourselves in the crowd. That's what we need. We need to see ourselves in the crowd there, doing everything, being very religious, while at the same time our heart being just falling away. Our, uh, in, in this crowd, when we consider what they're doing, it's, this is what fallen humanity is like. This is what fallen people do, don't they? Religion without faith is a deadly thing. We see it right here. Okay, religion without faith is a deadly thing. Verses 29 through 32 will continue. It says, Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. So the Jews couldn't go inside. We've got to remain clean. So Pilate came out to them. And he asked a very simple question. What's the man done wrong? What are the charges, right? Pilate was following the rules. Now remember, we, we talked... We talked about the, the, the trial last, uh, last week, right? Uh, the religious. They didn't follow any of the rules. Okay, there were none of the rules of any court trial. They weren't following anything. Pilate's actually following the rules here. Right? He says, you saying, okay, you have to bring the charge. You have to tell me what you are charging with. You can't, you can't just turn him over to me and say, here he is. Uh, that, that's not the way it works here. I, I need to know what the charges are. Now remember, of course, as we said in the introduction, Pilate didn't like these people in the first place. Okay, he, so he's given all things. He didn't like them in the first place. And so for sure he was wondering why. Why they brought this man to him so early in the morning, right? His, his work day is just, just starting and it looks like a dispute over theology. And so they answered him quite arrogantly, didn't they? What they say? They said the answer was something like, why do you think we brought him to you? Right? It's not because we think he's a saint. Right? We brought him to you because he's an evildoer. 
and it's your job to take care of evildoers. Hmm. It's your job, Pilate, to get rid of people like this. They really, why they do that? Well, they really didn't want to give him the charges, right? They didn't really want to tell him because they knew that the charges were trumped up anyway. They just wanted them, I was saying, Pilate, just take our word. Just take our word for it. He, he needs to be killed. Well, Pilate's response shows that he really didn't care for their attitude, did they? Remember, he doesn't like him anyway, he doesn't care for their attitude. What does he say? He says, well, then you take him. You judge him according to your law. That's what he says, right? He, he didn't want anything to do with this. This got nothing to do with me. Y'all handle this. You got your own... Remember, they were allowed, they were under Roman occupation, but they were allowed to, to operate, right, within their own rules and religious laws and stuff. And so, so, so he says, hey, you, you handle this. This is your case. I don't want anything to do with it. But then they, then they answered. They said, okay, there's, there's Pilate. Okay, he's going to turn him back. He's not taking it. We've got we to gotta give him something else. We've got to tell him something else, right? So, so they answered, and they said why they had brought Jesus, right? They, they give it. It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Hmm. Hmm. So now at least, Pilate now can see the game. What are they trying? They want this man killed, right? Uh, they know they can't, so they brought him to me. So now, so now he agrees to hear the case, right? Remember, we said it. The Jews, uh, they're under Roman occupation. They are not allowed to carry out capital punishment. Remember that, right? So, so that's only the Romans can do that here. So that's why they're here at Pilate. So now he, he's kind of understanding. Okay, I see your game here. One thing before we get off these verses. Verse, verse 32, right? says that the saying, might, the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. What's he talking about? What's John, what's John talking about? Well, Jesus has said several times in John's Gospel, right? About how he would die. He would remember. Remember, Jesus has said he would he would die by being lifted up. Remember that Jesus John says uh, John's recorded that is in chapter three and eight and twelve. Jesus has said, "I will be lifted up," signifying what crucifixion, right? If if the Jews had executed him, it would have not been by execution. They would have thrown him down and would have stoned him. That's how they would have done it. But what we see here, we see God working providentially here in this whole process, right? He's, he's, he controls everything. Remember, we said that. Uh, don't, don't make, make no mistake about who's in control here. Okay, make no mistake about who's in, in control here. It, so God, God is controlling everything about this, the political procedures, right? Uh, to assure that when the sentence was finally passed, that he would be crucified ultimately by the Romans and not stoned as or stoned by the Jews, as what happens later, right, with who? Who's stoned by the Jews? Stephen. Stephen is stoned, recorded for us in Acts, right? The Jews killed him by stoning. Hmm. So that, that's that's the so that's what John's talking about when he says that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled. Saying by which death he would die. He had to be killed by the Romans. John continues in verse 33. It says, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Now, what we can reasonably deduce, okay, here, is that just because of the question that, that he's given, okay, just because the question it indicates, we can be absolutely and reasonable deduction that the Jews had already given him some specific charges. They had given him, because how would he know to ask, are you the king of the Jews? They had trumped up some stuff, right? This political stuff, right? Um, clearly, these, these charges were political. Remember, now what was the interrogation during the night? It was all theological, right? They questioned Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. All theological. Now, when they bring him to Pilate, it's all political charges. So basically, they're, they're telling Pilate, hey, well, give me this guy. He's an evildoer. He's calling himself a king. And you Romans shouldn't put up with anything like that. That's insurrection against the Roman Empire. He's calling himself a king. So, so Pilate calls for Jesus, and he cuts right to the question. Are you the king of the Jews? Is this true what they are saying? Jesus' reply is very interesting. Verse 34, he says, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Hmm. Now, now who's the interrogator, right? Who's the interrogator now? Now, Pilate, this obscure man that we don't know a whole lot about, right, from scriptures, this guy who happens to be, he's the Roman governor at this time, he finds himself now on trial before the judge of heaven and earth. Hmm. What Jesus was saying is this. Jesus was saying, did you come up with this question on your own or are you asking on the basis of hearsay? Now why does he, what's the point, right? Well, remember, we, again, it happened this night before when he was before Annas and Caiaphas, right? Uh, we studied before Annas. He, Jesus knows the rules. Okay, He knows the rules of presenting and how you present evidence in a trial. And he knows that convictions based on hearsay are illegal. That is not allowed. He can convict somebody based on hearsay. Jesus knows this. That's why he asked the question. And so we see Pilate now, his, his response. Now, if you've ever heard a good politician, right? They can get out of a lot of stuff, right? Well, Pilate responds like a seasoned veteran politician, doesn't he? Verse 35, he says, am I a Jew? So your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Hmm. Pilate, Pilate was saying, do you really think I would bring this up? Or why do you really even think I would bring this up? What, what, what do I care about what the Jews are doing? I'm not a Jew. I don't really care who the king of the Jews are. It doesn't matter to me. Your own priests, your own religious leaders brought you to me. So what have you done? Just tell me. Jesus' response was what some might call cryptic, wasn't it? Verse, verse 36, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Hmm. If my kingdom 
were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Hmm. Very interesting response from Jesus, isn't it? What was, we're going to say, first of all, we're going to say what he was not saying. Okay, let's, let's establish that. Let me, let's establish what he was not saying. By this response, Jesus was not saying, okay, that his dominion and his authority and his power does not include this world. Okay, that's not what he was saying. Okay, um, it, it didn't, he was not saying that his kingdom, his realm where he rules is off in some dreamland, right? Some never-never land, some make-believe world. He was not saying that. <clears throat> What he, was, what he was telling Pilate, he was saying, my kingdom is not like your kingdom. That's what he was saying. My kingdom is not like your kingdom. My kingdom is not built on violence. It's not built on war, right? It's not built on intimidation. That's, that's the way the kingdoms of the world work. That's the way they operate. My kingdom is not a world-like kingdom. My kingdom is otherworldly. It is not at all like yours. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm not, I do not plan, and it never has been the plan, to establish my kingdom by force. It's never been the plan. Jesus, Jesus yes, he is a king, right? But he's a, a completely different kind of king, isn't he? he? Jesus had absolutely no intention of leading some sort of rebellion against the Romans. Right? No matter what the Jews had said. No matter, remember, they, they've trumped up this political charges. This man says he's a king. It's time of the Passover. Hey, this, you've been here before when we've tried to riot and overthrow. He's going to do the same thing again. Right? We have an incident. You might lose your job about this. You better do something about it. Jesus was saying, I, I don't operate that way. Because my kingdom doesn't operate that way. His, Jesus was saying, His kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord, is absolutely no threat to the national identity of Israel or the political and military uh, identity of Rome. Basically saying, you, you don't really have anything to worry about. What, what you're worried about, Pilate, you, you don't have, it's not, it shouldn't even be a thing. You don't have anything to worry about. I don't operate that way. Well, Pilate, um, Pilate didn't really want to take the time to listen to Jesus because maybe he didn't understand what he's saying. Who knows? But it says here in verse 37, it says, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Hmm. What does he mean here? What's Jesus? What's his what's he saying? Yes, you are I am a king. It's because that's the reason I was born in Merry Christmas. We get to celebrate Christmas tomorrow, right? For this cause. Right? Jesus acknowledges, yes, I am a king. 
I'm, but, it's, but, it's, but, but he's on a royal mission. He's on a royal mission that says that he is not going to subjugate. He's not going to force the world uh, into, something, into his kingdom, but, but he's going to do what? He says, I'm going to bear witness to the truth. I'm going to bear witness to the truth. I've, I have come here to make plain the truth of God. That's, that's what he's saying by his answer here. It's not, again, he's repeating, the, the, he's, he's making his point, I'm not a military, this is not a military thing. I'm not going to set up uh, my throne here and kick you out. That's not the way, that's not what I'm here to do. That's what Jesus said. It's not at all why I came. Remember, the people thought the same thing, right? They, they're ready to make Jesus king and, and, and everything. They, they've got it all wrong. Right, and of course, Pilate has it. Um, well, he's asking the questions. I wouldn't say he has it wrong, but he's asking the questions, right? And then we see Pilate's reply. It's 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 full of sarcasm, isn't it? <clears throat> so, I mean, I'm gonna reread Jesus's answer and then go right into verse 36. So he says, "You say," Jesus says in verse 37, "You say rightly that I'm a king." For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Then Pilate said to him, What is truth? And then when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews. Now, before I finish that, now, so was this question a genuine question? No. Right? It's almost like a throwaway question, right? What is truth? And then he walks away. So he goes out to the Jews, right? Jesus is still inside. They're standing outside the praetorium. He goes out to the Jews. He says, I find no fault in him at all. Hmm. What is truth? Hmm. This question, okay, from Pilate, it's, 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 the, it's the response of someone who's given up all hope in finding any kind of truth in a world that is full of skepticism. Is it? He's, he's given, he's, he says, what is truth? And then walks away. He says, like, what is it? It's nothing. That's what he's, that's what he's saying, right? Truth is nothing. You, what, what is it? It's nothing. And you, so, you know, we've talked a lot in our modern days about postmodernism, right? This idea, this philosophy that, that truth, uh, objective truth doesn't exist, right? Uh, well, as you can see, we call it postmodernism. It's not new, right? These ideas are not new. There's nothing new under the sun in a fallen world, right? You could say Pilate was a postmodernist ahead of his time, right? You could say that, right? What is truth? And then he walks away. Many, the, the sad reality is um, many, many people in our day, in our world today, live just like this. They live just like this. They, they, they say things like, well, what you believe is true for you, right? What I believe is true for me. And in, 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 in very short, uh, what they're saying by that attitude is that there is no objective truth. That's what they're saying. There's no objective truth in reality. And that's a key issue today, isn't it? 
It's a key issue today. The, the question is whether there is objective reality that is true for everyone, no matter who you are, where you live. Is there an objective reality that is true? Well, the, the same issue, again, we see it today. It's, it's here. 2,000 years ago, right? It's here. And what Jesus said, what I am, he says, I, I am here to be a witness to the truth, right? Well, you see the tragic reality here. Pilate is standing before the very truth incarnate. Isn't he? What did Jesus say in 1416? I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's Pilate is standing before truth incarnate, and he asks the question, What is truth? The only person in the world who can really answer it, right? Who is truth incarnate. And he refuses to even listen to his response. Hmm. Pilate went out. He tells the crowd, I find no fault in him. He's done nothing wrong. Pilate, Pilate had evaluated the, the accusations, right? He interrogated the prisoner. Here are the charges. What do you have to say? He, he listened to Jesus' response, right? And at this point, he's made up his mind. Pilate says, I... I see no fault. Well, why? Well, because first of all, there was no fault in Jesus. Correct? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. There is no reason on earth for him to be standing where he is, sitting before judgment. Right? There's no reason on earth. There's no, there's no um, um, criminal or any kind of reason for him to be here standing with these charges. So, in an indirect way, we talked about we talked about Pilate. Why we mention him, right? He's the representation of the public authority. He represents civil government. He's the person in charge. So, in a really indirect way, this this judge of the earth, right? Jesus is the judge of everything, but this judge of the earth acknowledges that Christ is sinless, doesn't he? There's nothing wrong. There's there's no fault in this man. Hmm. We know that the man standing before Pilate was the truth incarnate. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's standing there before Pilate. He is, as Pilate sees, a lamb without blemish. I wonder if, you know, you think about this, you think about Pilate. And you think about this interaction here, what is truth? And then he walks away. You know, I just wonder how many people still ask the same kind of questions. The same kind of questions. And you know, if, if you're of the mind and you have this kind of attitude, not you, but people that you know, what is truth? If, if you answer it the same way like Pilate, you know, what is truth? That doesn't mean anything. I, I don't see how you go on, really, in this world without truth. Hmm. We are. We have about a minute left. Anybody have 
Any questions or comments before we close? Father, as we leave this time, we go into our worship service. Father, thank you for bringing us here to this place this morning. Father, we can gather in in a warm place, Father, when it's cold outside, and we can we can lift our prayers, Father. We can lift our praises through voice and through song, and Father, we can hear the word preached. And Father, we ask that uh, you bless our worship service this morning. Father, we pray for our pastor as he leads us. Father, thank you for using him in such a mighty way in our church. Father, we pray that you get all the glory for everything. Father, as we as we consider our worship before you, we pray that it will be acceptable before you this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.